Hello and welcome to the Wine Stains Podcast. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Connor. Collectively, we're known as the, the Parkers. Parkers. We're husband and wife, business owners, and multi-passionate people here to discuss life, travel, entrepreneurship, and the beauty of wine stains. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of Wine Stains. All right, Caitlin, how the heck did we get here? That is a great question. I'm going to blame the majority of it on you because you're the one that ordered a bunch of podcast equipment. I did. I got super excited about all of my new technology. And well, I guess I I wanted to start a podcast. I've, I've wanted to start a podcast forever. You know, like that's been like a dream of mine. I've always wanted to be YouTube famous, Instagram famous, TikTok famous, just Lies. famous. Okay? Lies. I'm joking. No, I wanted to start a podcast for my business, but we were talking over dinner, I guess the night that this was recorded. And I think we had like an epiphany moment of, man, we could probably start our own podcast. And then we started brainstorming. And then before you know it, what happened? I mean, honestly, all I know is we rearranged our office for like the third time. I ended up in a corner of the back bedroom with a glass of wine in my hand. <laughs> well, don't say it like I put, you in, a, I put you in like a closet. No, it was yeah. fun. It was fun. But we had some wine. And I mean, honestly, this first episode, what we're going to talk about, you're going to get the behind the raw, scenes raw. of how we even landed on the name. Wine no, Stains. no, they're going to they're going to listen to legitimately our creative process as to why we even have a podcast in the first place, because literally it started out as a conversation over dinner. And I thought, well, I just got all this podcast gear. Well, let's just stop what we're doing and record our conversation as if, you know, we're still eating dinner. Yeah, it wasn't really supposed to happen. It was supposed <laughs> to kind of be a business podcast. Like our relationship. Connor, but, just kidding. Um, <laughs> Maybe not, though. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, the title Wine Stains is a little bit of a foreshadowing of what's going to happen in the first episode. But Which, um, uh, which and, and I, I hope that you're listening to me when I say this. Wine Stains is destiny. It's not something that we set out to name this podcast. And you will find out soon enough within the first two minutes of the actual sit down and recording. This is just the intro. Yeah. We're going to talk about copywriting somehow that came up initially it's very confusing what i do i'm a copywriter own my own business connor is also a business owner he's a financial advisor so we're going to give you some insight into what we do how entrepreneurship is part of our life we're going to talk a little bit about marketing social media how all of that plays into the mix but well that, that, that was the beauty of the podcast is that it started out as a conversation and then we started to get our flow and it turned into what you and I basically talk about all the time, which is marketing. Right. And you are a guru at marketing. I am not. So at any rate, take that for what it's worth with a grain of salt and we will stop wasting your time. And without any further ado, here's episode one of Wine Stains. And he has fireball now. So this is going to get good, everybody. Hi, Caitlin. What does it mean to be a copywriter? Because when I tell people you're a copywriter, they they're like, "So, what? What you go to law school?" I'm like, "Well, now I gotta explain it to you, like I know what I'm talking about because I still sometimes don't even know what you do." Yeah. So copywriters work within the marketing industry, and you know, think of your favorite taglines, jingles, all of that. Ba, 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 ba. I'm, I'm loving, loving it. it. That's the, actually clips. That's Pusha T. Those Parents. would have been Beach. written. By a copywriter or a creative team, creative agency. Or clips so or a rapper. I don't solely do that, but I do help brands with their brand messaging and things like their website copy. So pretty much anywhere a brand touches online and even offline, 
they need content. They need words to describe what they do, who they do it for, mm. and why. So that's what I do as a copywriter. <clears throat> so pretty vague and boring stuff. <laughs> <Just>, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's been very cool to see your business grow. Um, and brand naming. I do a lot of that too. A lot of brand naming, a lot of brand strategizing. But yeah, I just tell people, it's like, I'm like, I'm a co- she's a copywriter. And then they're like, what's that? I'm like, well, I literally tell people, I'm like, you ever logged online? And I went to a website and like read the words on the website. Yeah, that's copy. And yeah, that's she write and she writes that copy. But then I I still feel like they look at me like what? I'm like you ever like and then I just I fumble over my words and it's like all right. Um, yeah. See, I mean that's cool. I'm like no, she's really successful. I'm like it's a crazy business that like it like it's like it's kind of like an underground thing and like who would have thought that you could. It's funny you would say that because there's actually a club called the Copywriter Underground. Shout out Copywriter Underground. Well, it's by the Copywriter Club. Shout out Copywriter Club. There's some pretty cool people. So, Yeah. Well, copywriters are cool people too. Copywriters need love too. That's why I married you. So anyways, we were literally sitting at the table eating ragu and in in this development stage of like, what would we even call a podcast if we were to sit down and talk about life stuff? And so... And Connor just dropped, go get a towel, red wine all over the carpet and the chair, which means you guys and the wall actually, which means I might be getting hardwood floors in this bedroom. Oh, also, and my dog is participating in National Wine Day by licking it up off the floor. So it's getting really interesting in here. But I will say I'm a professional at cleaning up wine spills. So if you ever do spill it, you want to get a not white towel, but a very clean towel. And you want to get it soaking wet with hot water. And you just push it into the floor. You just (laughs) saturate it with water. Get the chair first. That's what's more important. Well, don't rub. Don't rub. So basically you don't do what Connor just did, which is rubbing. You have to impress upon the thing because you're trying to lift the stain out of the cushion to which he is just pushing more wine into it which means he might also have to go to the store we'll be right back and we're back so um do you want to tell him what happened or should i uh i am gonna decline to comment so i don't want this to be out against me Big clumsy booty just walked straight into the side table, offloading a full glass of red wine onto the white carpet. Shout out Cabernet Sauvignon for that dark red palette. White fabric chair, neither of which are any kind of performance material. So, um, what a start, though. I mean, we the- might be going to the flooring store because I don't think there's any coming back from this. But what a start to the podcast if this ever turns out to be something. And the only reason I got up was because Dodger was gnawing on a bone behind me. And I don't know if you can even hear that in the thing, but I thought the name of the podcast is wine stains. Wow. That is what did Phil Mickelson say? It's um, so Phil Mickelson shout out PGA championship. He had uh, when 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 people's champ. When he was uh, walking down the fairway, he said, like, a little unnerving, slightly unnerving, but exceptionally awesome. That's the vibe that I just got when you said wine stains, because I'm not going to lie to you. Stains is like one of those words where people hear, and I feel like it's like the word moist for some people, like stains. Yeah. I think of stainer 
from She's Out of My League, which yep. is a funny movie. We saw we actually saw TJ TJ Miller is Stainer in that movie. We saw him at uh, the Cantina Place in Town Center. That's right, we did. So wine stains that that's great. I really like that. Um, it's kind so, of um, a theme of our lives because it's like wow. going deep. Well, you know, it's happened multiple times. So the most expensive piece of furniture that we ever bought was this beautiful <laughs> white fabric couch from Pottery Barn. And shout I kid you not, Barn. within the first week of having Actually, it. Actually, you know what? Not shout out Pottery Barn because we'll tell that story. That'll be a lesson 101 that we should. Well, maybe on, that's just part the- of the finance lesson where yeah. <laughs> read the fine print. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We'll bookmark that. Yeah. So brand new couch. I mean, I am overjoyed. Anyone who's tried to buy furniture in 2020, let alone before 2020, knows that it's a process. It's expensive. We had an Ikea couch at Ikea. Well, it takes a long time. It comes in. You're so excited. Anyways, Connor doesn't just spill a wine glass (laughs) like what just happened. He actually knocks over the whole bottle sideways towards the center of the couch. Three days in. So it just pours. Like the bottle is just... And we were in shock when we saw it pour. So it was like a slow motion pour. Yeah. Yeah. So somehow, you know... I've never gotten so many towels so soaking wet so oh, quickly. You sprung into action. And you were like Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman fabric. of wine stains. Basically, there's your life lesson number one of the Wine Stains podcast. Upgrade to performance fabric. Mm. Just do it. Well, and shout out to it. performance fabric because quite literally we were cleaning up this this carpet. You said this is not performance carpet. Right, exactly. <laughs> so it's happened multiple times, basically. There are... Lots of times, and we don't have kids, which we'll talk about that at some point as well. But if you do oh, have, have kids, talk about that. I, I feel like I, I talk about that with everyone. So you're married when you're having kids. I'm like, I don't know when I'm having kids. Just like I don't know what copywriting is. Right. Parents often, I'm sure, have to deal with all kinds of stains and. <laughs> Look at us. I'm, yeah, parents. I'm sure, like we like we know, <laughs> we know nothing. nothing. We know nothing <laughs> so about parenthood. I would hate listening to us if I was a parent. Oh my gosh, they like people like you think your wine stain on a Tuesday night is bad. Try your toddler pooping in his bed at 5 a.m. But I think that just goes to show, like, it's hard to know where other people are coming from until you've really walked in their shoes. So it goes for whether. You have kids or if you don't have kids, you know, the way that people with kids look at people without kids and the way that people with without kids look at people with kids. Yeah. <laughs> the the envy. And actually speaking of walking, did you know that you know that song? Um Walk a mile in your shoes. Nope. No? Well Maybe. the lyrics are walk a mile in your shoes, then I would be like a mile away. Got it. So that that will not sure why I shared that, but yeah. Um I also think Dodger, though, is like our kid. Like, we talked about it last night. Like, Dodger's our dog, our doodle, Dodger the doodle, um, who is the cause for the wine stain and the inspiration for wine stain. Yeah. But we didn't even finish our story. We were talking about eating ragu and how you came up with a potential title that was between unfinished sentences. And it sounds actually, now that I say it out loud, like a Natasha Bedingfield song. (laughs) Okay, it was not a title for the podcast. It is my personal blog tagline. So at CaitlinHParker.com, I have a blog. Just because I literally... (laughs) Go check it out. No, it's... I mean, you can if you want to, but anyways. Humble brag. I have my own blog. It's not as up to date as I would like for it to be, but anyhow, I have a tagline on that because it's my personal blog when my profession is writing and it speaks to that whole idea of progress, like 
always being a work in progress, never really arriving. So life between unfinished sentences. And I didn't understand it. I, I still, even how eloquent you just said that, I still have no idea what that means. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes things are just meant to make you think. Uh, well, apparently, uh, I, cause I'm stumped on it. I, and I think I said too, what it reminds me of is between two ferns with Zach Galifianakis. Like that I can get behind. Like Zach Galifianakis. Between two ferns. What does that mean? It li- it's quite literally the most literal name for a television show because it's him and a guest in between two ferns. Okay. So you're... Oh, like where they're sitting. Like there's ferns on there's either side two, of them. They are, I don't know how else to tell you. Okay. They're in between two ferns. Okay. And it's hilarious. Um, and so I think too, this is where maybe we could talk about this for a second. You're an English major at University of Virginia, UVA, and you went on to get your master's at Regent University in strategic communications. So you know thing you know a lot more than I do. I'll just put it to you that way, because I do not have my master's. And as a matter of fact, I never finished my undergrad. So you are just eons above me. So maybe it's one of those things that just goes to show the educational gap in our marriage that it just goes beyond me. Maybe I can expound on that a bit more in a later podcast and maybe I'm coining the term an educational gap I don't know but a lot of things that you say just go over my head and I am just I don't know well yeah I don't like spreadsheets I don't really like numbers I would not be able to do a lot of the things that you do for work but anyways we can move on from my personal blog tagline because I still like it but if you guys think it's dumb and don't make sense you can Drop a smash, <laughs> smash that like button and drop a, drop a comment down. Connor just wants a YouTube <laughs> channel so he can say smash that like button <laughs> or the subscribe button, whichever one. Smash that like and subscribe button and leave a comment down below. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I want to say, but we're still so much in the brainstorming phase of this where we don't have video yet. Right. Uh, but God forbid, let me start looking at cameras, which I already have and I've got a couple picked out. Um, but I think that there's... I wish you got that wine spell on camera. Oh my gosh. Could you imagine? I think that... Okay. That would have gone viral. I saw the whole thing in motion. <laughs> that would have gone viral. Quite mm. literally. I am upset about that chair and the carpet because... I, oh, what we also didn't share is that during the break, we also made a pact or an agreement that I will fix or cover some of the costs or all of the costs to the room and changing the carpet out if... What was the deal that we made? I do this. Connor doesn't even remember the $1,000 <laughs> I just, deal. I just was, I was just in shock that that happened and that you didn't No, we just, you know, as I'm sure a lot of married couples, families do, you have, life is expensive. You have a lot of expenses. You know, we fixed the upstairs AC unit. We had some landscaping done for helping with mulch. We have a trip coming up. We have yeah, needed new blinds in the main area, like, in the whole house stuff adds up and so sometimes you just look at each other and you're like how are we doing this well especially when you're not on a fixed income right so with us being business owners shout out entrepreneurship (laughs) yeah that was a little bit much uh but with us being business owners you know we uh we produce or we're we're like we were, were responsible for our paycheck right where we don't have a set amount that's coming in every month and so it can be really hard in budgeting for things, especially, you know, like when the landscaping pops up or when we got to fi- fix the HVAC unit that aren't fixed expenses that um, we try to do our best in managing our cash flow throughout the month. So it can be it can be stressful on top of, you know, you mentioned the trip that we've got coming up. 
you know, we've been married for four years, but I feel like all of your friends from college are like now in this like season of getting married where we were just a little, I guess, ahead of the curve now. And so we've got all, and they're all doing destination weddings. Yeah. Which is awesome because shout out travel 2021. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and so here's also marriage. I've been doing a lot of shout outs today. Yeah. Everyone just like, go ahead and take a sip of your wine every time. Uh, yeah. That would be a great, that would be a fun drink. Connor game. says shout out, shout out, man, you might not make it. I don't even know how long we've been going, but you're not going to make it to this podcast. Um, if you take a drink every time I say shout out. Um, so we're really looking forward to that. You know, the, the yeah, the cost thing and budgeting as a, as a, as a joint business ownership thing, household can be tough and challenging. Yeah. So as a married couple, we do the whole combined bank account thing. So we do have a personal combined bank that account. That you know of. I've got bank accounts. Ha, ha, ha. I'm joking. But we do also have two separate business accounts because that's just the way that you have to operate a business. If you are an entrepreneur and Which, are, by the way, real quick, uh, what's that book that I read about all the bank accounts? Um, uh, profit First. Profit First. I, I subscribe. I like the Profit First method. Um, in terms of if you're if you have your own business and setting up different checking accounts for different things, operating expenses, taxes, um, income, profit. Um, but I believe the guy's name is Mike something. I, I know he's got a weird Mike McCallowitz or something. Yes, Mike McCallowitz. Well, don't quote us on that. But Profit yeah. First, great book, highly recommend. Yeah. So he does that, and then we do both work with a payroll company who pays us out at the end of the month. A payroll company? We're not sponsored yet. A payroll. A payroll company. Payroll gotcha. company. Um, but there's a lot more technicalities for that. Um, our businesses are set up as S-Corps, and you know you can also do owner's draw and all this stuff, but basically- Which I don't know that we need to get into what the, all that looks like I know. Like tonight, I'm just saying. Yeah. We can talk about that later if people are interested in that, but anyhow- challenging because it's just not the same as having your w-2 salary and whatever so sometimes like we're talking about expenses come up mm. and you have to figure out how to navigate them and sometimes in marriage you just have to compromise and you have sometimes to or all, all the, the time. time yeah sometimes we're <laughs> you all the take time. this compromise always. i'll take that and we'll figure out how to make this happen yeah, well, and even on the income thing, we both have we. It's like we came out the womb business owners, right? Like we have had W two jobs, and it was funny because I remember when I made the transition from salary to commission based, really, and then you know, like that was a big deal for our house. We were just married, or no, were we just married? Or yeah, looking back, I feel like we both were not very scared. I'd probably be a lot more scared now, but it oh just, my gosh, yeah, but it just made sense at the time. I think. Yeah. And so, but the, but what allowed me to be confident in making that leap, you know, going away from salary, being more commission based was the fact that you had a W2 job that really covered a lot of our living expenses. And it really, it really gave me the runway to say, you know, we know what this opportunity could look like for you, but even if it doesn't work out the way that I want it to, or the way that we want it to, um, the bills are still going to be paid and lights are going to be kept on. Yeah. Um, you had your W-2 and I went full-time. And then after I'd been full-time for almost a year. Wait, I went full-time for, I went. I went full-time first. You went. I went full-time in May of 2019. That's right. You went full-time in November of 2020. Yes. No, 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 no. I, I like, I started my own business, but before November, that. November, uh, 2019. Yeah. So I was just like six months or something ahead. Yeah. Six or eight months. So okay. you were W two, and then I had those kind Humble of brag. six to eight months to, I, but I go for it. I'd been yeah to really go for it, but it wasn't like I 
left my full-time job and was like, oh, I'm going to start this today. Like I right. had a, an LLC and a business side hustle, if you will, for like three years or so, do you two think, and a half. Do you think that helped you in gradually building up to, um, so like you, like you maintain a full-time position at an agency or inside an agency model, W2 employee benefits, the whole nine. Um, and you obviously knew that you wanted to eventually get to full-time and eventually, you know, have your own business and be an entrepreneur. But do you think that, you know, having that two or three year kind of lead up to that helped you yeah. versus just jumping in? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I, I would definitely recommend doing that. I mean, it's, it's tricky because not every job may even allow you to have a side hustle or just the demands of your job may make it really difficult. But at the time I was okay with, you know, putting in hours late at night or working on the weekends and, and kind of keeping it going and doing what I could. And then when I started getting the sense that I was ready to make that jump, I just made sure that I started booking clients a little bit further in advance to... Do you remember your first client? Um, your first like, man, I can do this. All, like I can do this full-time client. You don't have to, um, dro- you don't have to name drop or anything, but do you remember that moment where you're like, man, I can do this full-time? Yeah, I think so. Actually, I think, um, I remember my first client, but I also remember the first client booking that I was like, okay, if this is happening, then like more are going to come. And I just bringing in kind of like the faith aspect, I really did feel like I was not forcing it. And I felt like the clients were coming and they were somehow finding me. And I felt like God was really making it happen. So I had a lot of peace in terms of being able to make that decision because I wasn't stressing over it. And I was able to like trust and rely on God to bring that to to fruition because I really felt like he had kind of put the idea on my heart in the first place. And you can't argue with that. <laughs> like, what are you going to say? Well, God, now I'm good. Um, I mean, I guess you could. Um, but no, that, that was a, a really cool thing to watch. And, you know, when you talk about like clients finding you, you know, we often talk about this a lot in, in, in both of our businesses in terms of like the different aspects of marketing, right. like for your business versus mine, like you have been able to create this sort of cult following on Instagram and social media and haven't really had to put a lot of resources out, you know, outside of time, you know, monetary resources into the social media and investing in branding and stuff like that, but more of an investment into the branding side than the marketing side, like paid advertising. Yeah. And so it's just been really cool to see, you know, the power of social media. And if you remain consistent in that, because I think a lot of entrepreneurs too, like, I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to, I'm going to get that Instagram account buy that domain and that fire that once burned so deeply inside you when you first started after a couple of weeks of being like, man, I have to create an Instagram post like every day. Forget that. Like yeah. I'm not doing that and anymore. It's with there's, no, there's no immediate fruit from it. Right. Right. But, and it's with a relatively small audience from the time we're recording this, I still have under 6,000 followers. And okay, well... No, I'm okay. saying like, yeah, we're talking about comparatively of people who... Have you hundreds know, of thousands, Hundreds of thousands, of or even yeah. just people who are successful in the online space that have 20,000, you know, or even just over 10,000. Like, that's kind of like that benchmark to even be able to like... Get verified. <laughs> Feel is like... That, is that the 10,000 to get no, verified? No, 10,000 is just basically gives you the swipe up and it's just like... Uh, the swipe, the the, swipe up. The cred of having yeah. like, you know, the five figures or whatever but maybe that's a that's a a podcast name the swipe up yeah seriously um so but the the point there is that you can be successful on instagram or on social media or with a small business through a number of different channels through consistency nurturing the audience that you have it's really not about quantity but the quality of your followers and when you're starting something like 
you may get some initial enthusiasm or excitement, you know, people being like, oh, so cool, so excited for you, from your peers, people that know you, but the important thing to realize is that- Steam runs out quick. Well, but people are watching and they're kind of waiting to see- how long this is gonna last? <laughs> like, yeah, like, like, like that's cute. Like is, how long? Yeah, can especially in this world of like multi-level marketing. Right. You know. Nothing wrong with multi-level marketing, yeah. but how often do we see someone that kind of starts it up, full passion, running yeah. for it, and literally not even three months later, it's like completely fizzled out We're and done. they're not doing yeah. it anymore. Yeah. So I think people sometimes just temper what they get behind until they really see that something starts growing roots and starts growing fruit so it's not easy it's not easy so the point is to just like it's like it's not the fun the most fun either yeah so don't be discouraged like what's the quote or the bible verse of you know don't despise oh. small beginnings oh yeah getting spiritual this is a spiritual podcast now no, just, yeah. i'm just joking okay. yeah don't 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 despise the day of small beginnings and obviously as you'll come to find out you know i'm not one to take scripture out of context but i think that no i'm just, I'm just uh, okay anyways um you know yeah, but but I just I wrote about it this morning. I quite you know talking about results matter, and we you know and it, and it really is stemmed from the book by Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy that I just read, the Who Not How, and they talk about this like over emphasis on the process, and we're so we're so like man hustle hustle hustle. This is awesome. This is awesome. But at the end of the day, the number one thing that matters and what we're judged by is results. And so I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, I mean, the statistics are crazy. I don't have them in front of me, but isn't like one out of every five businesses fail, like new business startups fail, like in the first three to five years, something like that. Um, and especially in this day and age of social media, where we can log on to Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, whatever it is, and we're ultimately faced with comparison of, oh my gosh, look at that person that has those the 10,000 followers who I can swipe up and I can't even get 100 likes on my post. Um, and I think social media has become this weird KPI or, or key performance indicator of a lot of businesses when I don't know that that's necessarily like, I don't think it should be ranked as highly as we put it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I have a few copywriter friends who have just, they don't really like social media and they've chosen not to really be on it. And they have multi six figure businesses that are super successful because social media. Um, they maybe have a profile, but they don't keep up with it. They have a website presence that really kind of just verifies when they have word of mouth and people that land on their website, but they don't really put any effort or energy into social media whatsoever. So it is about in the, finding in the copywriting space. Yeah. In the copywriting wow. space. So it really is about like, or the creative space, I guess. Yeah. What works for you, where you kind of feel like you start gaining traction and really like what platforms you even like Oh my gosh, creating there's content so for. many platforms out there. Yeah, and How I- How do you know, I mean, you obviously know way more about the social media um, aspect. Man, that's kind of what this podcast has evolved into is a social media 101. Uh, but you know way more about it and I feel like there's a new app that's being created every day. Um, you know, when we, when we were growing up, we had MySpace. Yep. Shout out Tom as everyone's greatest friend. Yeah. And um, you know, the Facebook days of like only being able to access it with a college email address. And now yeah. like my mom all the time is like, I love you, Cindy. <laughs> and she's, Shout out Cindy. She's always like everybody drink. And she's always like, 
you know, did you see my post on Facebook? But I'm just not on Facebook because I don't, that platform is so distracting to me. There's yeah. so much going on. And does, does copy, copy and cork, by the way, is the name of your business. We don't think we've mentioned that. Yeah. Um, I do have a Facebook page. So but you don't post on it or it just links up to your Instagram. Yeah. It just links up to Instagram. But the reason I would love to delete Facebook, but the only reason that I don't is because it's integrated with Instagram. And so if I do Facebook advertising or Instagram ads in the future, you kind of need the Facebook platform to do that. And then also so you, well, well, Facebook on. groups. You would delete Facebook. I would love to delete Facebook. Why? I feel like Facebook is like the thing right now. I feel like more people are on Facebook. Like I, like I just recently over the past couple months have, like I check Facebook like three times a day now. I like Marketplace. We know that. <laughs> so, oh my God. So shout so out Marketplace for buying. Uh, wow. So yeah. a lot of furniture on Marketplace. Yeah. Um, but from a business perspective, I, that, that's shocking well, to me. Facebook groups. Facebook groups are really important. Yeah. That has been a great way for me initially starting with finding clients that then led to word of mouth was finding them in different educational, just community driven Facebook groups. And then I do also have two courses and we offer a Facebook group, both a free one and a paid one just to provide additional community and support to those students. So that's really important and just allows a medium for people to connect. But otherwise, yeah, Facebook just, I think part of it is because when it came out, I was in college. So you have all the people that you follow, but then like my Facebook feed is not as current or as like curated as like my two Instagram feeds. Like my business Instagram is all of my like clients and friends and other people in my industry that I follow. Personal one is like kind of people in my day-to-day life and then interior designers and mm inspiration like stuff like that but Facebook is just so random it's such a it's such a hodgepodge to me I see people on my feed and I'm like I don't it's just like you when it first came out you just followed every single person that you (laughs) knew and it was just like so I feel like I need a Facebook house cleaning to be able to enjoy that platform again but I don't really know how we even got talking about this well we're talking more about um just social media and more I mean and now it's again it's evolved into business business marketing um, and I'm, I'm just shocked about the Facebook thing because that's like for, well, and I guess a lot of it too is knowing your demographic, um, in terms of, okay, where are the people that I'm trying to work with spending the most time? And for me, for sure. you know, my business has been really catered in the retirement planning space and it's sort of evolved, um, from that, um, it, you know, in terms of being more approachable, um, and wanting to really blast out as much financial information and news and really working with a, a different group of people. But, you know, in terms of the, again, the, the retiree market, you know, the statistics for like baby boomers, for example, are like, I don't know if this is true or not. Again, Dodger will fact check us, but like the number one demographic or on the rise that's using Facebook is the baby boomers. Yeah. I mean, I think Facebook is great for your demographic. Love it. For mine and particularly more of my niche, my industry, it's a lot of highly visual people, very creative people. So Instagram makes the most sense. Pinterest is a huge winner because Pinterest is actually a search engine and not a social media platform. I know so, nothing about Pinterest to me is when I like literally the only time I use Pinterest, I can like if I'm like looking for like a cool haircut, I'll literally like I'll go to Pinterest and be like cool guy haircut. Or I make you for like all the design boards and things that we try to do. D- what was that last part? Design boards and things that we try to do for the house. Yeah. That, I mean, that's true, but I mostly use it for cool guy haircuts. And then I'll show my, <laughs> I'll show the lady at haircuttery, make me look like this. That's and then they awesome. look at me and they look at the picture of the guy that I show them. And they're like, it is going to require a lot more than a haircut. But at any rate, 
Um, I've never I've never thought of Pinterest as a marketing funnel. Oh my gosh, Pinterest is crazy. I literally had a Zoom call last week with a super cool couple that has a business in Tulum that Mexico, I found. Mexico. Mexico. Wow, international. You're so you're an international now. <laughs> no, anyways. Viva la Mexico. We're going to no. We I well, you're going to Cancun. Cabo. Cabo. Say what's you the, might like, be coming. What is Cabo? Little, what is, is the difference between Cancun and Cabo? It, Cabo and Tulum. I don't think anybody knows. Like the furthest west coast, Mexico. What Cabo is? Very far down. Cabo. Like below Cabo Cali- San Lucas. Yeah, below California. San Diego. Yes. So that's where all the San Diegans go. L.A. Anyone? California people. <laughs> that's where they vacation. All right. Where's Cancun? Um, I think it's more central. I've been. And oh, so I you can't don't even, even remember. So where's Tulum? Uh, also don't know, but that's not the point. Anyways, where's Mexico City? That's where I want to know. The point is yeah, Pinterest. that I was on Pinterest looking for a bunch of stuff, saw one of their Pinterest graphics, captured my attention, thought what, it was super cool. What do they do? Cool. What industry? They're brand designers. So What does that mean? Uh, they design brands. <laughs> so that'd be like, that would logos, be like, yeah, websites, sorry, that was a loud laugh. But like, like, that. When I, like you said brand designer and I said, what is that? You said like they design brands. That'd be like. <laughs> Sometimes the reverse works. Like, I feel like that happens to me a lot. Like where gra- you define the word like. Yeah. I feel like that happened to us word. today. With what? With this kind of thing where it's like, what do they do? This and that. I'm like, what does that mean? You're like, well, that and this. Yeah. Well, you know. Or like a copywriter. They write copy. Yeah. True. All right. So anyway, anyhow, yeah. they create logos and they design stuff for brands and business owners. Anyways, um, thought the graphic was super cool. Clicked over to their website, fell in love with their website even more. It was like, I want to follow these people on social media, clicked over to their social media, saw they were already following me, followed them back. Oh, so wait, hold on. That That's a weird thing. Yeah. Then so you found these people on Pinterest, Yeah. looked at their website and they were already following your business or personal account? Business. They were already following on Instagram. Yeah. Because you know wild. how Instagram will say like follow back or whatever. Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, these people are so cool. I'm going to follow them back. But Instagram and Pinterest Pinterest aren't connected. They're not connected. Yeah. Mar- the, the Mark Zuckerberg doesn't have his hands on Pinterest yet. Right. That we know of. Right. Okay. So then I sent them a DM and was like, oh. just wanted to say that I <laughs> like, you know, sometimes it's good to just do like slide into some DMs. Positive networking. It makes sense in my industry. No, um, it totally does. But it's so funny too, even the concept of like networking where it, we're, we're now living more in an age of digital networking than like going to the chapter club meeting, which yeah. is still a thing, of course. Or you know, just I, like networking that is completely unattached. Like there was no goal to it. Right. I was literally just like, I was looking for some creative inspiration tonight and stumbled across you guys, mm-hmm. like think that you do amazing work. Like it's great to connect with you. Like there was no like agenda in reaching out yeah. to them, which is rare in this day and age because everyone has an agenda. I feel like for something. Yeah. So, so then they replied back and they were like, we've been following you for a while. We should totally connect. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you, me, I would you. love that. Yeah. So then we had a zoom call last week. They're super cool. They're creating an Airbnb down in Tulum, moving back to Canada. Anyways, Wait, hold on. Um, Canadians living in Mexico, designing brands as brand designers. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So it's a small, really small online world. And Pinterest just, again, like there are tools that you can use to make your content recirculate on Pinterest. Free or premium. To easily to be found. And the beautiful thing is you can just click on it and you can be taken, you know, there's backlinks. You can be taken straight back it? to the website. Um, for tools like Tailwind, yeah, you have to pay for it. And I don't do Tailwind. that, but I just, um, it's a tool that literally will like repin some of your content. So you have no idea what Tailwind is. 
<laughs> I do know what Tailwind is. It's a tool yeah. that allows you to schedule pins and like repin your content. What's a it's pin? Like, a pin is like when you, so if, if I post a blog post and they're- On Pinterest. Nope, on my blog. <laughs> All right, hold on. If you post, post a blog, blog post on your on your blog on okay. your blog, yeah, and there are images within that blog, yes, you can pin yes the images from your blog to yeah. Pinterest, and when you do that, they will show up on Pinterest, and anyone who clicks on that image will then be taken back to my blog. So it's like an infinite loop. Exactly, <laughs> literally, <laughs> it's an infinite loop. That could be another podcast name. Infinite so loop. Pinterest is amazing and i feel like very underutilized and something that I, I would never i would never have thought that yeah for creative industries for anything that people are looking for and searching again this comes back to what we were talking about where the platform really has to match the audience like where you're showing up your people need to be and for me that's the case for you with retirement planning and financial planning maybe less so but at the same time you know, there's also a side of your business where you consult with other business owners and entrepreneurs and stuff like that. And a lot of them are using. Yeah. Cause they're, they're, they're in the design phase or they're always right. trying to improve and put out content. Um, so man, you, you never know what you're going to learn talking to your wife on a <laughs> podcast. Um, okay. Any other tools that you can think of that are underutilized in terms of you know, if, if, if you're not, like if someone's like just th thinking about starting a business or they have a business now that they can utilize, like Pinterest for me, that's like, that, that's like, like a game changer. Cause especially if I'm trying to get more, you know, in the, uh, the creative world and putting out educational my, world, educational yeah. world and putting out my own content with blogs and podcasts. And I've got a book coming out, shout out book, retirement launchpad, simplifying the rocket science of retirement. I hope um, you guys are still taking a sip of something every time he says that. Well, I've slowed down ever since I spilled the wine. Have you slowed down? Maybe not. Uh, but anyways, Pinterest to me, you know, is an underutilized tool. And from what I can gather, unless you um, know how to design or pay for this trail Tailwind app that none of us know what the heck that is. Well, you don't even need Tailwind. You literally can just have Canva and create. Well, so, okay. So I think this also picks up on the entrepreneurial trap of thinking that we have to number one, show up everywhere and then also pay for the premium of everything. Right, no. Which I am guilty of. Lean and mean, y'all. Lean and mean, but I am like I like I am such like a squirrel guy. Like, like oh, like there's a free version and a, and a premium version. I'm gonna buy the premium version even if I don't even know. I'm so the opposite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I don't even know what it is. I will but, find yeah. all the little hacks like to just use the not to like skirt out of paying for something that brings right. value to right. me. But right. like, if I can make this tool work without needing the full paid version, then I'm going to do that. And it's only when like, it's kind of like uh, Marie Kondo, you know, like only keep the stuff is in your closet around? that brings she, you she joy. Netflix show? Uh, yeah, she's still around. Or was she like, what do you mean by still around? She's still <laughs> like, very much like alive. I mean, well. she kind of blew up all, like to me, at least we saw her Netflix thing and she was organizing stuff and yeah. we're like, man, wow. Like organization is yeah. such a unique concept, by the way. Come on now. I'm just joking. It was very good, but she does have the framework. If it doesn't bring you joy, yeah. get rid of it. But how does that relate to paying for premium stuff? For tools and stuff. Tools, like yeah. it's like, it's the same idea of clutter. Like yeah. if it doesn't serve a purpose or it doesn't make your life easier or whatever, then you don't. How do you know that if you're on your own? Um, I think Facebook groups, if shout you, out Facebook. What do you, you think about that? Forgotten your password or have no idea how to get logged into a tool, mm. then you're not using it enough mm. and you probably don't need to be paying for it. Interesting. 
Because, you know, it's so it's funny because I, I was listening to Nate Bargatze, Nate Bargatze, Nate, the Nate Land podcast. Yeah, our I'm favorite a, comedian. Our favorite comedian. Um, as our dog now tries to destroy the furniture that we tried to destroy or that I tried to destroy with wine. Um, they talk about, or, or this the guy, Aaron, Aaron Weber, he's a comedian on the podcast. And he talks about his Planet Fitness membership and how he can't get out of it. And they like make you like write a letter to Planet Fitness and like all this stuff. But he just keeps it because he doesn't want to go through the hassle of canceling. And so like for me. Oh, no. I'm like, where's that customer service <laughs> <yeah>. number? <laughs> but like I wonder how many like entrepreneurs or business owners. And by the way, I was going to say like what's the real difference there. But I guess like being a business owner, like you could buy a franchise or something like that. But I wonder how many. I'll just, I'll just do business owners. But how many business owners or people in business. Um they're still entrepreneurial yeah sure right um you know i wonder how how many of them just have these subscriptions that they're just paying for that they don't know and, uh, which by the way comes back into even what i was talking about with um michael Merkonowitz or profit first um and understanding like where your dollars are going so like running PLs, like profit like and really getting granular as to every every outflow that you have um, but I think we also just get caught up in this rut of, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I've got so much other stuff going on that I don't even want to approach that. God forbid, you know, download Pinterest. And I, for most people, like, I don't even know how to work the, like work my iPhone to get there. Um, which also, shout out again, if, if we're keeping track. Right. Uh, also, with the book, Who Not How, with Dan Sullivan, you know, they talk about outsourcing a lot of that stuff. And that, for you and I you know, as solopreneurs or me, I'm, I, I'm definitely more a solopreneur than you in the sense that you've got team members and people that you've hired in the past and are working for you. But a lot of this stuff or really everything is on my plate. So it's like getting in that mindset of, of, of understanding who to help or who to get to help you with these projects, not how can I, because as a business owner or entrepreneur, I feel like we just need to like come up with a word that combines it to like a biz, like a, all, I, I literally almost said ownerpreneur, which sounds like entrepreneur. Just say business owners. Business entrepreneur. <laughs> entrepreneur. Oh my God. Um, that, you know, it, it's, 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 not, it's not trying to figure out how I can do this because we've got so many things on our plate at any given moment to add another how, you know, and there's also in the book, um, what is it, the McKinsey Method that I'm reading right now um, that talks about McKinsey Consulting where they actually, they, they got down into the math of it where it's like every new problem creates like an exponential amount of time more to solve it than if you just outsource it or something like that. It's crazy. Um, I'll include it in the show notes. Just kidding. We don't have show notes. We might have show notes, but who knows? Um, but it just goes to show, you know, get a team. There, there's people out there that can help you with it. There's virtual assistants, you know, mm -hmm. like you're going through right now. Um, and the value of a team to help outsource that. And this is typically the point where I've realized I've been talking for a long time and I've completely lost the point that, I have no idea even what I'm talking about or how I got on this topic. So I just do like an abrupt stop. <laughs> so one of my other favorite books is Essentialism. And his whole shtick is less but better. And so that has really been kind of a philosophy that I feel like I've tried to bring into how I manage and the tools that I choose to subscribe to is having less of them, but better tools. So a course platform that I was using, it was cheaper. And I was like, this is great. But then I found that it wasn't integrating with my other tools. It was creating headaches. It was giving me hangups. So I upgraded to a more expensive tool, but that had more features. So anytime that I can kind of cancel something else to up level. Oh, so you subscribe to cancel culture. Good to know. No, cancel a software that is no longer meeting my needs of the business. Right, right, right. Don't subscribe to cancel. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's good. So let the whole less is more concept, but 
And that's even less something, but better. <clears throat> less but better. So that even side note is decisions that we've made in the clothes that we wear. Yeah. As of late, in terms yeah. of like less but better, um, or I think Levi's even now has an ad out that might be the name of their ad, or buy buy. There's less. a lot. I use a makeup uh, brand called Merit, and they they say less is more, less which is more. obviously like shout out Merit is not. Uh, I I mean I doubt they have that trademarked because that is literally just like a known statement but, but that, that but doesn't matter concept. yeah and it's like what yeah. i i have talked about with my copywriting business is it's less about sometimes having some revolutionary concept for your business and having something that resonates so if what right. resonates with your audience is less is more now that's a then that point. works yeah. and that's successful it doesn't matter that people have heard it before it's what yeah. they need to hear so you can continue saying it no that that's a great point because we were just talking about that i feel like yeah the in terms of res, what what what's, what was the exact tagline? Um, it doesn't have to be revolutionary; it just has to resonate. It doesn't have to be revolutionary; it just has to resonate. And I think, man, if that doesn't sum up marketing, I don't know what does. You know, you think about like the the biggest companies in the world and their taglines, like "Just Do It," Nike, yeah. three words that have revolutionized, or not th- th- those three words. I'm sorry, those, they, that's also a tongue twister. It doesn't have to be revolutionary. It just has to resonate. It just has to resonate. So for Nike, it's like, just do it. Like everyone, yeah, just do it, man. It's like, suck it up, just do it. But that resonated with a culture and their marketing behind those three words have impacted nations. Yeah. You know, impacted the world. Right. Um, maybe it's Maybelline. You know, I'm just, <laughs> that's a bad Maybe example. it is. That's, just, that's a bad example. Oh, I, we could probably sit here and talk about yeah. bad tag, bad taglines and good taglines and go on and on. But but um, no, that, that was great. It doesn't have to be revolutionary. It just has to resonate. Find out where your audience is. Yeah. Cater. I mean. Yeah. T- yeah. Pick it up. Cater right to what they need. Like, and you kind of get a feel for that. Like these platforms have built in free analytics. They will literally tell you which of your posts perform better than others that you can track and monitor over time. So it's not about trying to do all the things, which is something that I can be guilty of all the time. I'm an Enneagram type three. I, oh, and Enneagram, that's yeah. going to be fun. That, that'll be fun for you and I to talk yeah, about the Enneagram. Totally. I want to, I, yeah, I just, I want to do it all so badly, but I've had to learn and you hear, and you see so many people calling them the CEO of their side hustle and their business. And I've always been so hesitant to do that. But the longer that I've been in what? business to like call myself CEO of like a, you know, a small business that I basically own and run myself. But the longer that I'm in it, I've at least been able to see the value of operating as a CEO and really having to make decisions about tools, people, knowing your numbers, dealing with things that are not always fun or that you like thought you wanted to do when you like started whatever your business is or whatever you're passionate about. So so basically the stuff that is not the glitz and glamour, the, the behind the scenes, putting in the hours. Yeah. Like the stuff that you don't think about when you start a business. Yes. Like CEO can be like this sexy title, but like it's a high pressure, difficult role that means things, of course, on different scales. Like maybe that's where my frustration is from it. Like, yeah, I'm like I, me calling myself yeah. a CEO of Copy Uncorked is like not the <laughs> self, same thing. Self-birth, self-given. But not no, but, the same thing as like the CEO yeah. of like Lululemon or something. Like right. just not the same thing. So well, and that that all comes back to, of course, like business structure and, and you know, what, like, what but it's this, mindset, you it, know, it's mindset. But like I, I like I think it's so fun and easy. Like, and, and you have this sort of um, 
you know, we talk about mindset. Like you have this mindset about you when you start your own business where it's like, I am the CEO. Uh-huh. Like I, like I run this ship, you know what I'm saying? S H I P did not cuss ship. I run this ship. Um, and like, I think I even, I, I like, Oh, well, no, I hope, <laughs> I hope I don't have CEO on my link. I, I might have CEO on my social media channels. And the more I think about it, like, cause like that's a self given thing. Like, you know, like anyone can start a business and be like a CEO, but it's like the sexy thing to call yourself. Or like founder, owner. Founder, owner. Yeah. Or and like then, lead financial planner or like yeah. I'll say lead copywriter because I have other copywriters that like associate writers that work with me. Yeah. So I'll need to update all of my social media channels. Basically, I'm <laughs> saying it's not a bad thing. I think it right. needs to be used with appropriate gravity. And if right. you're going to refer to yourself as that, I think it really does require having that switch take place in your mind where you're like, I'm not just doing the fun parts of this or the creative parts of this. Yeah, but, but even that, like the CEO isn't, isn't putting mail, like isn't dropping mail off at UPS. So like yeah. that, that's like another thing too, where it's like the CEO, their main goal, their main job is, is vision. Right. And making sure that the ship runs smoothly. Exactly. That's yes. That's more of what I'm getting to is that, what I have realized is because I've almost been hesitant to call myself the CEO of my business, it has kept me in not operating as such to where I have failed to be able to have the appropriate vision or mental capacity to make high level decisions and to notice when the business plan needs to change or cer certain things within like the operating structure. Those are CEO type decisions that if you're not creating the systems, the structure, the foundation to be able to do that, you're going to have a hard time making those decisions and your business isn't going to move forward and excel as quickly as you would like. So I'm not against calling yourself the CEO of your business. Yeah. Shout I'm, out all the CEOs. I'm more so coming at it from like this revelation and this realization of what that truly means. Or the, and the brevity. Or the, yeah. The, right. The brevity or gravity? Uh, the gravity. The gravity. What is brevity? Brevity is like brief, like short. Oh. Concise. I, brevity, I think of a brevet latte. Is it a brevet latte with cream? Brevet, yeah. Yeah. Different than brevity. I'll take a brevity latte, Language. please. <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah, brevity. Make it gravity. No, yeah. I don't know. So anyways, but yeah, it's it just, it's one of those things that, again, anyone can start something and call themselves whatever they want. But when you really take a look back at like, but it all, it all, I think it all stems back to, again, like what is success to you? Like what is the business that you're trying to build? And for some people, you know, they can operate as a solopreneur, uh, you know, until they, you know, retire and all that kind of thing. But for most that are really wanting to grow a team and that like, that's when the CEO role becomes. For sure. And that I think has been my realization of it too, because I realized this week and I genuinely share this from like that humble place of just like okay anytime wow you, this anytime is hard you, anytime you lead with i want to be humble about this no it just sounds it just sounds no, like I, I hate when like you share problems that seem like a good problem to have and it makes it sound like you're being negative about it and i'm not being negative about it i'm like because every time almost that you solve a problem with a solution it's like that solution almost creates a new problem no, so no problems yeah so well <laughs> <laughs> unrelated to money yeah. i realized that we are currently have more than a client load of more than 15 clients. You, you I do. have six active yeah. contractors. So I've been feeling exhausted and yeah. overrun by my business and realized, oh, well, I'm managing and communicating with and overseeing 21 plus people on wow. a weekly basis. Yeah. 
And so Clients when I've been people that work for you. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of like virtual assistants, online business managers, stuff like that, they will share that their audience is they will have on their websites like, you know, I help CEOs get back into their zone of genius. And I've always kind of just again been like, why are we all calling ourselves CEOs? But lately I've been like, wow, if I want to lead a micro agency of six contractors and oversee 15 plus projects, I can't also be in the day-to-day details and writing in every project. That puts me as a role of employee of the business where I'm a copywriter of the business, not the CEO of the business. So it is like a shift where you are literally promoting yourself to that role, but you have to create the infrastructure below you to allow yourself to operate at that capacity. Yeah. The, um, the Benham brothers who I, who I like, um, David and, oh man, (laughs) mind. Oh my gosh. Mind blank. The Benham, the Benham brothers. Yeah. They Um, seem great, man. Why can I think, man, I'm just on the spot right now. Now that's going to drive me crazy, but Man, I thought I had it. No, I don't. Okay, so anyway, the, the Benham brothers, they, they they talk about, you know, expert ownership or uh, and and that's the course that they have um that I that I really that I've that I've taken and all that, but they talk about, you know, going from an entrepreneur to a solopreneur. Or no, a solopreneur to an entrepreneur. Entre- yes, exactly. And so like the solopreneur is basically your your typical business model for probably ninety nine point nine percent of people that go out to start a business where they start a business or maybe hundred percent, right? I mean they, they people start businesses and they're doing everything themselves from day one. And if they if they go somewhere, the the business can't operate essentially without them. And so making that move from a solopreneur, getting the right team involved, really becoming an entrepreneur. And then there's one other level above that, I believe, which you'll have to just go and buy their course. David, oh my gosh, what is the brother's name? Oh my gosh. Not just the, go to benandbrothers.com yeah, ben and, and you guys can figure it out. David and Michael? No, David and, okay, oh my gosh, it's going to drive me crazy. But that's a, that's a great point. Yeah. And but, but, but yeah, but buy, buy their course and you'll figure out the, the next level. Uh, but it's all about creating the structure and freedom and allowing your business to run without you. And if we were to take a poll and if people are really being honest with themselves, most businesses cannot run at least within the first three to five years, maybe, maybe sooner than that, but probably the first three to five years without the, um, the, the founder really being involved in, you know, a majority of the day-to-day operations. Yes. And it is probably longer than that. Actually, that's being generous three to five years. Yeah. And it's totally a choice. You can definitely operate at the solopreneur level. And that is a beautiful and profitable way to run a business. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But if your ambitions are to go higher than that, to build a team, to create David and Jason, there you go, everybody. Wow. Sorry guys. Then it does require that shift. So again, it kind of comes back to what is the business model? Like what is, what's your goal? What is the vision for how you want to run and operate this being that you've created this entity. Yeah. This entity that you've created. Um, and that's going to determine what your role is within it, whether that is the solopreneur, the creative, the specialist, or if that is the CEO, that is the visionary that's leading the ship forward. That's managing like that comes with a whole new set of territory. So it's, it's just important to get really clear on what you want and what you think something is versus what it actually is and not like romanticizing something when it entails a whole different set of responsibilities that maybe you didn't even sign up for. Wow. 
That's exactly what I say. That's what I tell people um, <laughs> when they ask me about this topic. But man, I think we've covered a lot tonight. I mean, that's I think that's a good place to land the plane um, of this thing called either what what we I, I almost stains. said I almost said wet stains. <laughs> Like this thing yeah. called wet stains, wine stains. Also, wine I, stains. Like you spill wine and you have to figure out how to clean it up. Okay, like you, that's you, life. You literally just did the same thing of like like the uh, the brand strategist. What do they do? They strategize for brands. You like literally. Oh, it's like it's like wine stains. It's like a stain of wine. Sometimes saying it a slightly different way is enough to create a light bulb moment for people. Wow, another profound saying by Caitlin Parker. Um, but quickly, three bullet points on marketing, Caitlin. Show up where... Wait, is this one? Yes, number okay. one. Show up where you think and believe that your audience is, and that seems to be a natural fit for them. If you serve creative and very visual people, go on Instagram, go on Pinterest. If they are more business, corporate focused, what have you, LinkedIn, so on and so forth, number one. Number two, I would say consistency. Don't Don't be discouraged when you don't like see massive results right away just keep creating trust the process follow the strategy check the results and analytics monitor them track them compare month month to month year to year number three i would say um i don't even think this is something that we talked about but just focusing on clarity and like really understanding what the wants needs and desires of the community that you serve are and doing the best that you can to speak to those on a regular basis Man, I just put you on the spot and you hit it out of the park. Thank you. That was nerve-wracking. I, I could see it, man. Your the mind was turning. The wheels were turning. Like, I got three points to change the world. And if I don't do this, something bad's going to happen. <laughs> like, what? Like what is that game that people play? It's like, okay, um, there's a button in, or like the psychological game. Like, there's a button in front of you. Okay. You press the button and I'm going to give you $100 million. However, at the same time, someone's go, like somewhere, someone somewhere in the world is going to die. Are you going to press that button? I literally just got so nervous that I don't think I was even able to like process what you were asking me. I just heard someone's going to die and I was like froze. All right. So we'll leave that. We'll leave that. Um, someone asked me if I knew what conundrum was today, which I thought was funny. I'm like, yeah, I know what conundrum is. So does that well, actually, does that classify as a conundrum? You would be in a conundrum. Yeah. Because on one hand you want a hundred million dollars, but on the other hand, See, I didn't even hear a hundred million dollars. I just, oh, so heard, does that change like, things? So, all right. So does that change things for you? No, I'm still concerned with the person that might okay. die. That was a test and you passed. Um, <laughs> this is a podcast. Maybe it's just called The Podcast. I don't know. What, whatever it comes out to be, um, this is our first go at it. Uh, Thank you guys for listening in. Man, and if they made it this far. Yeah, I'm impressed. I, I'm impressed. I mean, if and if they took that like shout-out shot game to heart, that was a fun night, I feel like. It was me. National Wine Day. And it was National Wine Speaking Day. Speaking of which, we should actually go clean the wine stains off the floor now. They still are there. But what did we drink tonight? So National Wine Day, let's give a shout-out to the wine that we drank tonight. That was... Imagery. Imagery Cabernet Sauvignon from California, yep. 2019. <laughs> I don't know. I, every time I say California, like I just want to talk about that. Shout-out shout out Californians, SNL. Connor struggles with C's, which is unfortunate. <laughs> Yeah, that would be like a. Starts with no, I I don't struggle with C's. I struggle with er. Uh, 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 <laughs> yeah, his name. So like, check it out. Ready? So I'm just gonna say, like, ask me to say, like, what's what's your first and last name? Just ask me that. What's your first and last name? Connor Parker. Did you, did you see that though? My throat, like on the ers, I drop down an octave, yeah. and it sounds like I'm a dog with peanut butter. 
Peanut butter and blah, blah, blah. All right, so shout out, shout out imagery. Uh, maybe, maybe that's just something that we do. We we have a new bottle of wine every time we get together and yeah, I like that. create a curated just, wine list because yeah. wine is good. Wine is the beverage of life. Wow. Wine, if you're listening, you do not have permission to use that. Thank you so much for listening. That is <laughs> that it. Good. That was a good exit, and we're just going to leave it at that. Um, see y'all next time. Isn't it so awkward? Like, goodbyes. Or you won't see us. You'll hear us. Maybe they might see us. Later. I've got, I've got cameras on Amazon. <laughs> I've known for the abrupt side.